0: Uno, dos, three. R.I.P. to the competition. I heard that they've come in three. I heard that they've come in three. I heard that they've come in three. Hello, 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 and welcome to Three is a Crowd Sportscast. I'm your host, Ray Jones. I got my go-to girl, Kelsey Nelson, in the house. Kelsey, what's up?
1: Hey, what's up, everyone?
0: And I got my big man, James. James, how you living? What's good, what's good, what's good? How's everybody doing today, man? We have an exciting show, despite all the bad weather, man. We got a big nor'easter on its way, ready to take over the entire East Coast, so I hope everyone's being safe. Uh, but for this today's show, we're going to go ahead and discuss March Madness and the NFL Free Agent Frenzy. It's a lot of things going on, but first, we want to start off with our Women's History Month moment. So, Kelsey, go ahead and take it away.
1: All right. So, for this Women's History Month, I decided to honor the lovely Miss Jane Kennedy Overton. And just to say a little bit about her, she first made history when, be, when she became the first African-American woman to be crowned Miss Ohio back in 1970. She's also one of a few black women who made it to the semifinals round of the Miss America pageant. She also was, was a successful actress in Hollywood in the 70s and model in the 80s, but I chose her for the sports side of it. Um, Because in 1970, Jane joined the cast of NFL Today as a studio analyst, and she discussed the great teams, such as when the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers won the Super Bowl, the Oakland Raiders won the Super Bowl, and the San Francisco Niners won the Super Bowl. And she was one of the first women to enter the sports casting field. Um, And she also was the first female TV host of the longest-running syndicated sports series called Great Sports greatest sports legend. So, Miss Jane Kennedy, I salute you and thank you for paving the way for many female sports reporters.
0: All right, Kelsey. Um, so I selected uh, Miss Alice Coachman. She was a track and field athlete um, back in 1948 at the London Olympic Games. She became the first black woman to win an Olympic medal. Uh, her her sport was long jump. She leapt to a record breaking height of five feet six inches six and one eighth inches in the high jump finals and she became like i said the first black athlete black woman to win an
2: olympic medal so james who you got over there i i decided to honor lisa Deshaun leslie lisa leslie was a former uh WNBA basketball player she won a three-time WNBA mvp four-time olympic gold medalist and uh prior to playing in the, in, in the WNBA, she uh she won uh, a championship with the US at USC University, you know, Southern California. And um I decided to pick her, you know, cuz she uh she she paved the way for a lot of uh women playing uh in in the in the in the WNBA and she uh, stands at 6'5, you know, she made she made playing basketball real cool and she was the first to dunk in an actual game. So uh, shout-out to Lisa Leslie, and she was nominated to the to Hall of Fame in
0: 2015. All right, so salute to all those women who did amazing things. So let's move along to... This week in sports, um, for this week, we chose March 18th because March 18th was a huge day in history of sports. Uh, back in 1995, this was the day that Michael Jordan announced he was ending his 17-month retirement, and he was coming back to the NBA. So that was definitely a great day. Everyone was excited about it. The NBA was excited to have their best player come back to the league. Also on March 18th in 1991, Philadelphia 76ers retired the great Wilt Chamberlain's number 13 jersey. So that was another huge event on this day. And another another huge event to some people, I know James isn't going to like this one. 2014, <laughs> Phil Jackson signed a five-year contract to be the president of the New York Knicks. James, I know you got, you got something to say about that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, James so let's go ahead and move on there. to the top headlines. <laughs> let's go ahead and move on to the top headlines. Like we said, NCAA was a huge championship week. So, uh, Kelsey, you, you did some special coverage down there in uh, D.C., so go ahead and talk about that a little bit.
1: Yeah, so, of course, D.C. at the Verizon Center hosted the Big Ten Championship. I don't know how many people picked Michigan to win it all, which they did over Wisconsin, 71-56. Uh, and the crazy story about Michigan, as I'm sure you guys know by now, is that their plane actually skid off the runway on their way to D.C. or like in a brief mini plane crash. Uh, they actually had to play their first game in the Big, Big Ten tournament in their practice uniforms, and they said a lot of the players were shaken up. So, of course, people thought that would have an impact on them, but it was the greatest story. They played from the beginning round and went to the championship game in, dominant fa- in a dominating fashion. They have a really good team. I'm excited to see them in the NCAA uh, tournament. Derek Walton Jr. got most outstanding player of the tournament. He also made the all-tournament team. But DJ Wilson is probably one of the most impressive players for Michigan. So I would say Michigan really showed the world that their team to uh, watch out for. And some people probably have them pretty deep in their brackets. All right. Well, uh, since you talk about
0: the brackets, let's go ahead and break down the brackets a little bit. Um, The committee chose in the South Division, North Carolina, their number one. With Kentucky as the number two in the East, they had Villanova as number one with Duke as number two. The Midwest they had Kansas as the number one with Louisville as the number two, and in the West they had Gonzaga with num- at number one and Arizona as number two. You guys have any complaints with those with those uh bracket choices there?
2: No, I think James? this bracket was pretty good. It was
0: pretty much even this year. I think I liked it. I liked the way they
2: the committee did it, but
0: they they they
2: kept out. Syracuse. I thought Syracuse belonged in the the, the tournament. This is the second year they they did this in Syracuse. I think they have a legitimate reason to be in the tournament this year, and they won three big
1: games this year. The top seeds I was fine with. I know some people are questioning North Carolina's pick um, as the top one. Some people uh, felt that Duke should have got it. After all, they did win the ACC championship, and they've been having um, a great year. And then the Blue Devils have... More top 25 RPI wins and top 50 RPI wins. But I was fine with it. I think this was the first year I'm with a smile on my face going to the NCAA tournament. Um, I kind of agree with James. I thought Syracuse would be in it. I mean, they did. A lot of people pointed to their Georgetown loss. But they are one of the toughest tournaments in basketball. I think people have to look at that. Um, and they went pretty good even in conference play. So I think people are mad about, of course, Syracuse not going, especially with one of the tournament games being played uh,
0: close to them. It's interesting you guys both agree on the uh, Syracuse snub. Uh, we posted a poll er- earlier this week, and a lot of fans, actually 61%, agreed that Syracuse did get snubbed. Um, I'm also going to go over the rest of the polls. We also posted who the most likely number one to win the championship. Uh, 35% said Villanova. You guys agree with that one? Uh, I don't know.
2: I don't know. This, is this year, honestly, I'm scared of Duke. Like, Duke is a team that I'm very afraid of in this tournament because their players could all gelling at the right time, and their players are great. And the fact that they're coming together at all at the right time is, is a very scary thing for me. But you know I've got to go with my team. I can't leave, can't leave the Bluegrass Nation alone. Kentucky, I always got to stand by <laughs> the Kentucky. No matter what, I'm going to stand by Kentucky. They're phenomenal guards. And hopefully, a.k.a. Dwight Harrod, bam, comes through and, and plays big.
1: So this is, this is my thought. So last year I covered the Big East tournament. I saw that Villanova team. And then, of course, after Villanova lost, uh, Daniel Sheffu, who is with the second seeded in the East Washington Wizards right now. People thought they wouldn't be able to go back to it because they lost that big body presence in the middle. But Villanova still has a strong team. They still have Josh Hart, Kristen Jenkins. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. So I think Villanova will become that third team uh, that does become back-to-back champions in the last 40 years. Of course, the last team to do that was Florida and Duke. But I found some interesting facts um, about the number one season. Of course, Villanova is the number one seed. Uh, since 2008, only one um, only one of the top seeds made it to the final four, and 41% of one one seeds have made it to the final four since 2008. So I think Villanova is going to be in those statistics because they have a strong team all around. I don't know how they do it, but they're a scary team. But I also want to shout out to my Terps. You guys know I'm a proud Maryland fan. I was happy Maryland got the sixth seed. I do see them getting to the Sweet 16. Um, I'm not going to pick them all to win it all, even though I am a proud uh, Terp alone. But I do also like James Point. This is coming from somebody that went to Maryland. Duke is a scary team. I think they might get to the Final Four, but I don't have them winning at all.
2: What's, what's Villanova's what's Vin- – I can't even say their name today. What's Villanova's uh, – what's their uh, RPI this year? I don't know who they played this year that was really that good. Besides their, besides their, you know, class
1: The Big East tournament, tournament in general, though, you have to remember, the Big East Tournament is a pretty good tournament that they're playing in. No, and
2: no, they've the had some good top to the biggest tournament it used, used to be, to be a good we tournament. Can agree
1: on that. But it's still some good quality games that everyone wants to go see.
2: Okay, and that is Xavier versus Villanova. What else?
1: Uh, Butler. Remember, Butler was real good this year.
2: Oh, yeah, okay. Butler. i give you Butler.
1: There's a lot of good teams. And I think if you look all around, they have all the pieces. Villanova's only weakness, like I said, will be the middle. I don't think they no, no longer have that scary big presence in the middle and to protect the paint. But overall, no, and- I mean, they're doing it all.
2: If Kelsey wins and Villanova becomes a chip, I'll do whatever she tells me to do.
1: Make sure you record this Whoa. part right. <laughs> I don't legit, Villanova is not winning a chip.
2: Because
1: uh, <laughs> I'm making my bracket tonight, so I feel pretty confident.
0: Villanova is not winning a chip this year. We want to make sure that everyone's aware, all our fans, make sure you guys go on Fox Sports and join our, our, our bracket challenge. Threes a Crowd Sports bracket challenge. We want to see if uh, you guys think you're smarter than us and you can maybe pick the right team. But um back to the actual brackets. So out of those teams you guys pretty much picked your favorites. Let's look at who's the first to lose. The first number one to lose. We went online on a Twitter poll and they said forty four percent said Gonzaga was going to be the first number one team to lose. You guys agree with that? Ooh. Forty four percent is a so. lot. They don't really have that much faith in Gonzaga.
1: I see. i that's a big that's a big percentage. <laughs>
2: It's a big percentage, but not too many people see them play because they play at you know they're on a different coast and they play at a at a, at a later night, at a later time at night at night. So I, I don't believe that. I don't believe uh, they're the first number ones to lose. If anything, I might see up, upset with Kansas losing.
0: You think Kansas is going to be first out?
2: Might. They, yeah, they played a lot of close games this year
0: that shouldn't have been close. Okay, but those tough those close games, you don't think they made them four tough? Like they're ready now. Like you know what? We have that experience. We were able to persevere, and now we can do Man. big things in the tournament.
2: I I hate you, but the only team to me in this tournament that's used to this pressure is the Blue Devils. Sorry to say it. I hate the Blue Devils, but they're, they're I ready. I feel
1: like they're paying you, James, or something. Because you've been saying their names a it lot today. Right.
2: <laughs> I, I'm scared of them, man. I'm telling you, I you came into this year. Being, I'm okay. scared of them because I know they have quality players, and these players could go. Like They have seven good players that could go. And I'm scared of them. I'm really scared of the Blue Devils this year.
1: So you have them winning it all.
2: <laughs> I, I had I had them shocking us, I don't have them winning it, but I had them shocking us.
1: Interesting. I mean, I feel like I can, I can see why they picked Gonzaga. Um, I do kind of agree with James Kansas, as we saw in the tournament. Uh, they have a little. They have a few weak points. Um, mm-hmm. I think Villanova and North Carolina are pretty safe bets. So I definitely wouldn't say those ones. So I can see why people did give Gonzaga the, the first boot mm-hmm. out of the number one seed. Who's the, who?
2: All right, if North Carolina loses, who would they lose to? Kentucky. That's it. And, and um and all right. It, and Kansas would lose too, plenty. So I'm going. I'm going. No, I'm going with Kansas
0: losing first. James, just make sure <laughs> you have your bracket filled out by the deadline because I'm going to pull up your bracket and, and and see everything that you selected. I'm sticking to your word on this one. You said North Carolina right. is not going to lose anytime soon unless they beat oh. Kentucky. So we're going to see. I'm going to make sure you stick to your bracket choices. All right. And remember
1: what he said. If I if I win, he has to do anything I want. So I want to make sure we know that on this show. That's very. And risky. all the listeners. I don't here. know if I'd agree to that <laughs> because Villanova's not winning.
2: I'm so confident that Villanova's not winning the championship.
0: That's why I'm saying that. So what else now? What's your wager then? What's the other side of it? I didn't
1: know I had to give one. I was just I was excited to just see that. What am I wagering? Hmm. It's only fair. Like you gotta I'm go. Just- I will. I will just admit that I was openly wrong, and that's big for me.
0: <laughs> that's huge. That's, that's huge. That's, that that's James. Huge. You might have to wager something else. Just to, you might have to wager more <laughs> just to make it easy. Right. That's that's very huge. The diva. All right. So guys, let's move on. Let's move on to the uh, the right. collegiate high, uh, basketball Hall of Fame class. It was announced over the uh, this past week. So we want to make sure we congratulate those guys. I'm gonna go ahead and run off the list real quick and um, just give a con- quick quick congratulations. Wake Forest is Tim Duncan, Winston, Winston-Salem State Cleo Hill, Indiana's Scott May, Purdue's Rick Mount, Creighton's Paul Silas, Gonzaga's John Stockton, uh, your Blue Devils, Jay Williams, and former Wisconsin coach Bo Ryan. So a lot of these players we saw go into the NBA and do greater things. Um, some of them had the potential to make it to the, to the Basketball Hall of Fame, but this for the College Basketball Hall of Fame. So we want to make sure we congratulate them. You guys got any inputs on those at all? Hey,
1: congrats.
0: All? No, i just give them a good congrats. I mean, uh, Bo Ryan
2: definitely deserves it. You know, like Tim Duncan, Jay Williams. I wish he would have had a better career in the NBA. He was awesome. John Stockton, yeah, if he didn't get hurt. Per- right. Right. So I, I congratulate you. This-, this is a good pick. This is a good year of uh, College Basketball Hall of Fame. Yeah.
1: You can't complain about that list at all. So big congrats to all of them, all legends in the college basketball uh, realm that we'll never forget. Yep, Definitely. We have to we What's have up? to shout out Northwestern uh, from Northwestern for getting their first ever tournament bid to go dancing uh, in seventy eight years. It was huge. Obviously, Northwestern was just a team that nobody thought uh, would be doing it first time in seventy eight years. So salute to them. It will have a tough because they have to face off against Vanderbilt. That
0: wow! Congrats! Wow! Yeah, seventy eight years. Definitely. I almost forgot that. I'm sorry. I, I don't know how that slipped my mind.
1: I have to get. I have to give Chicago some love. <laughs>
0: yeah. but right uh. All right, so let's um let's go ahead and transition to the opinion-based debate section of our show, uh, Hip to the Game. It's going to be a quick little lightning round. We're going to run through all the free agents, um, free agent signings, and all the changes and transactions in the NFL. But first, we wanted to go ahead and announce some breaking news. We had DeMarcus Ware announce his retirement today. He was a four-time uh, All-Pro, a nine-time Pro Bowler, and ended his career with 138 sacks. DeMarcus Ware played for the Denver Broncos, the Dallas Cowboys, amongst teams. So uh we want to make sure we congratulate Demarcus Wheel on a great career and uh you guys feel as though he's gonna be in the Hall of Fame as well? Yeah, he's
2: gonna be first ballot Hall of Fame. Yeah, I
1: feel like mm, there's no first question. Ballot. I mean you just read his stats.
2: Yeah, again, not too many
0: linebackers are doing what he was doing. One
1: of the best. And he was able ever. to
0: to switch it up too. He was versatile. He played linebacker, defensive right, end. he right. was on the D line a lot. So he was definitely right. a versatile person on the defensive side, so and definitely right. a game changer. So
2: Yeah, not not too many players could do that, especially at the age
0: that he was. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So uh, speaking of Cowboys, do you guys want to talk about Tony Romo at all? It's a lot of Tony Romo drama it still is going unresolved. First, the Cowboys said they were going to cut him. Then they said they were going to trade him. Now they're going to say they're not going to trade him. Is it the fact that they can't find a trade partner, or you guys think Jerry Jones doesn't want to let him go? What's your thoughts, James? I think I don't know. Jerry Jones just has a love
2: has a love for Tony Romo that I had never seen a uh, owner have for anybody ever. Not even Jordan had this type of love that Tony Rome was getting. And honestly, like wh- like <laughs> why not just trade him and get which can form while he's still healthy? You know, he he could he could trip and fall tomorrow and break his collarbone again. So let him go. Like let him go before you can't get nothing for him.
0: Kelsey, do I'm you think it's the fact that they can't find a trade partner? Like nobody wants to give him anything because they know they'll just release him anyway?
1: This is the thing. So I feel like Romo still has some love out there, even though he is a 35-year-old quarterback that's very injury-prone. And this is no hate to Tony Romo or the Cowboys. But I, <laughs> I have to agree with James. I mean, Jerry loves him. But, I mean, I think the problem is how much Romo is going to want to get paid. I know a lot of people uh, talked about two teams that can use him, or, of course, in Houston, um, are going to Denver. Um, but I really just feel like I—I I don't know. I feel like I'm kind of like Jerry Jones right now, where he doesn't know what to do, and I don't know if people know how much to pay him. But I mean, if he stays on the roster, I know they said the cat would hit 24.7 million dollars, which is crazy when you think about it, especially when you have uh, Dak uh, when his pre- uh, new contract comes up. You know, he's going to be worth a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of money for what he's doing um, in Dallas. So I need the Cowboys to figure it out quickly. They have until June 1st, of course, but. I don't know. I don't think we're going to see him in a Cowboys jersey, though. One way or another, he's out of here.
0: All right, so let's move (laughs) on to the actual signings. Uh, Brandon Marshall went to the Giants. I think that's probably one of the biggest um, transactions of the offseason so far. And based on our Twitter poll, our fans said 59% of our fans believe Marshall and Beckham Jr. are the best duo in the league. James, you agree or disagree?
2: Best duel in the league? I would have to see it. I mean, I have to see it first. Even on paper, it doesn't sound like they're the best duel in the league, honestly. So I
0: have to see it first. give me two better. You got to give me two better then. You can't say no. All
2: right, let me give you two better. I'm going to give you two better. Um, Soli. Best duel in the league. Hold (laughs) on. Give, Give me a second. Give me a second. All right, go ahead. Think about it a little bit. Kelsey, what's your thought? Yeah, give me a second.
1: Okay, so I have to say, I love this. Um, Brendan Marshall, obviously, he's great at what he does, six-time Pro Bowler. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. He ranks 18th all-time in catches, 24th in receiving yards, 23rd in touchdowns. Um, he's been uh, named to the first uh, team all-pro. And he has a nickname, The Machine, for a reason, this guy. He can do it all. Of course, he is getting up there in age. But I, really, I think with OBJ, he'll finally get to the postseason, which is something that um, you know he has yet to do um I, I like him with OBJ and I'm kind of like James I don't know if I would call him the best I want to see it out first I think we've had a lot of good uh wide receiver transactions this free agency period like the Eagles got uh some good some good wide receiver pickups but I want to see them play but I do like it and I do like them as that second option receiver
0: okay so hey. now I'm putting you on the spot you said you don't have you said you don't think they're number one so who's number one
1: that's what I'm. I have to see them play. Then maybe I can think about number one. Just like the Eagles, I want to see. Um, I know we're going to get to it. But a even on paper, Florida I miss. would
2: say they were number one. No, even, on paper. No, no, no. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I, I thought about it. On paper, <laughs> Julio Jones and Ma- Muhammad Sanu. That's it. Best what? duo. Antonio Brown and Marcus. Are you Marcus kidding me? Yes, yes. I'm giving. You, I'm on paper. Say one Hold on. Hold say on. One, can I chime in?
1: Brown
2: and who?
0: You could You can chime in right now. You, you can chime in right now. You
2: look at the rankings. You can so, look at the rankings So you can Kelsey, yourself. he
0: said. Right. Kelsey, he said. He said Muhammad Sanu and Julio Jones was number one, and then second he said Antonio Brown, and uh, Marcus Wheaton. For one, can <laughs> someone, anybody, anybody out there in the stands, anybody <laughs> listening on the phone, someone tell me how many Pro <laughs> Bowls Sanu has gone to? <laughs> Sanu. <laughs> pro, how how pro I has? can't agree with Johnson. that one at all,
1: James.
0: Okay. Second, uh, name a Pro Bowl that Marcus Wheaton has gone to. Are you kidding me? Name a Pro Bowl Brandon Marshall has gone to. Brandon Marshall has gone to the Pro Bowl. What do you mean? Uh, He's What's he the last he time you've been to the Pro years, Bowl? Three years, I want to say. He's had uh, over 1,000 no, 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 yards no. on four different teams.
2: Yo, we haven't seen him play yet. Like, I'm not putting him as the best duo in the league yet. Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas. How about that one? That would be the only one that I say is up for competition. That's, okay. that's the a, other two that's a team, nice
1: pickup. That one was good.
2: Yeah, I was warming up. That I was, was warming that, up because I wanted you to do this. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm glad you got hot, up. I was warming up for him. Uh, I knew he was going to put me on the spot and do that to me and, and sun me. I had to sun him back right here. Broncos, got you. <laughs> but, the go. first
0: three, but the first shot you shot was air balls, though. Them first listen, two listen, shots listen, was listen. air balls, dude.
2: I just <clears throat> dunked on you, bro. Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius
0: Thomas. Boom. Do you Yo, guys have Brandon match?
1: Marshall as a Hall of Famer?
0: Ooh. I would say yes. Third bell. I would say yes.
1: So listen to this. They said if he gets 18, 1,800 yards in the next two seasons with the Giants, He'll be just shy of 14,000 career yards to be exact, which will put him in great uh-huh. company with those like Jerry Rice, Terrell Owens, Randy Moss. Obviously, the list goes on. And people are saying if he can get those yards, that they're pretty sure he'll be first ballot Hall of Famer.
2: That's a lot of numbers but to put up of, when you have a, a great wide receiver yeah. right next to you. Most of yeah, that means you can't get
0: double teams. teams. Mm. But, we'll the, see. but the
1: thing is, I feel like OBJ is going to be the one that draws the double team, which will help get him open.
0: So, James, and to answer your question, Brandon Marshall is a 6 time Pro Bowler. Just let's be clear. Okay, he has more Pro Bowls that's, combined by that's, himself that's than we nice and Ween have combined.
2: Th- that's nice to know. But let's go back to what I just said. Uh, like maybe like two minutes ago, Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas. You still haven't said nothing yet. I'm waiting.
0: Well, I was. You guys cut me off. Um, I was saying that the last <laughs> season, that combo hasn't been doing well at all. You can't okay. hear me whistle.
2: Yeah. Whistle while you twerk.
1: <laughs> no,
2: <he got> Okay, <laughs> we'll wait
0: till you finish. We know
1: what he was doing. We only with got again. like five minutes left on <laughs> the show,
0: so we'll wait till are done. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, what's the next one? Good.
0: They said uh, out front uh, on the on the Twitter poll, eighty two percent that believe that Alshon Jeffrey, along with the addition of Tory Smith, make them a Super Bowl contender. Eagles fans feel like Ooh. Super Bowl contenders every year. So, what are you guys thoughts on that?
2: I mean, did they get beat up every year? Right, the NFC is like a the beat up the beat up uh, division. Like, I don't know, man. Like, I mean, they got them for what? I mean, they say they got them for fourteen million, but they really got them for seven seven point seven five. And a and a and a one million dollar base salary, so they really got him for like nine point nine point five whatever. So they, they didn't really get for that much, but we'll see, we'll see,
0: we'll see like our contender.
1: I don't, know. I, I don't know about I would, that. I don't know if I'd say Super Bowl contender, but I w- it does make the Eagles a lot better on offense, which is what they needed last season. Because Alshon Jeffery, I think he's one of the top ten wide receivers right now in the NFL, and you guys can debate me on that if you'd like. Uh, But he has, you know, great long arms, great body control. My only problem with him sometimes is his route running, personally. But I think alongside Torrey Smith, you know, who's a great deep threat, I think San Francisco didn't do the job for him. But if he plays like he did for the Ravens uh, with the Eagles, um, it's going to be the Eagles are actually going to finally be that scary team that they were back when uh, one of my favorites, Michael Vick, was playing. The
0: only thing I think Jeffrey and Reed, I mean, Jeffrey and Smith, they're a good combination together. But Alshon Jeffrey can't seem to stay on the field, he's always injured. So, as long as he can stay healthy, they definitely could be some type of contender. I wouldn't say Super Bowl contender because they still have some issues with the running game. And defensively, it's not as great as they've been in the past. They got a little better, but there's still some hiccups there. So, I feel as though the combination is cool. I would put them in the top five wide receiver combination. I mean, the GM the GM there at uh, Eagles is doing
2: his job. You know, Harry Roseman is doing his job. All right. So,
0: let's move on to uh, Brandon Cooks to the Patriots, man. The Patriots seem to rebuild every year. So, uh for the, the Twitter yeah, Bowl, that 88 percent believe that the Patriots' offseason moves will help them win the Super Bowl again. Eighty-eight percent.
2: But you, you got to understand, we had to pay a steep, fry, a steep price for it, though. You know, we had to, to give up uh, sending the first round number thirty-two pick, the third round one hundred third pick, and uh, to the Saints, and and, and, the, and the Saints gave up what a fourth rounder, one hundred eighteenth pick. You know, so it's 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 we had to give up a lot for him, but he, he's a fast, he's a fast wide receiver, and we need that.
1: hmm And young, twenty-three years old.
2: Exactly, yo, come on, we need that. So are you are you he's, happy? He's with exciting the for the or are
1: Patriots. You more so, oh, I'm definitely I'm definitely <laughs> happy
2: for it. We have one of the best organizations in the league, the best organization money could buy.
1: Ray, right, you just gave him a platform to just keep going on and on about the Right, Patriots. all right, so let's bring him back <laughs>
0: down a little bit. What about Martellus Bennett leading?
1: <laughs> going to the Packers.
0: Uh, what about Martellus Bennett leaving? You don't, you're good on that. You don't care. Crickets.
1: <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. <laughs>
0: Martin, this I was, got nothing to say. He
1: was a big, bro, bro, big, chill, yeah, big chill. weapon.
2: Chill, I'm a Patriots fan. Chill, let's chill on that. Let's chill on that. Thank you for what you have done for us. Thank you. All right, moving along. Have a nice one. <laughs> oh
0: wow! <laughs> of course, I'm gonna run through the last couple ones real quickly. Um, Lyman Russell Akung signed to the Chargers. Backup quarterback Mike Glennon signed to the Bears to the Bears to hopefully become the starter. Uh, they also released There's Jay too Cutler. Much money. Deshaun Jackson left the Redskins <laughs> to go to the family Buccaneers. Buccaneers um, and to replace him, the Redskins picked up Terrell Pryor. Uh, Brock Osweiler got traded to the Browns, and the Browns cut RG3. So, Kelsey, real quick, go to your Redskins. You guys lost Deshaun Jackson. No, no, that's my Redskins. Pryor. What I discovered
1: them. But, I mean, that was a great pickup, well, obviously, after all the stuff that yep, happened the with the DMs. Um, (laughs) after all the stuff that happened with the Redskins and Scott McCollin, people really thought that the Redskins weren't going to be able to do a lot during free agency period. You lose Deshaun Jackson, you lose Pierre Garçon. Picking up Terrell Pryor was probably the best bet that they could have done because now Captain Kirk has somebody to throw those long deep balls to that Deshaun Jackson used to catch. Um, So I think it's a good pickup. I mean, I think it helps the Redskins. I'd like to see their younger receivers step up as well. And I think the Redskins can be a threat, especially if Jordan Reed at tight end stays healthy. As you guys know, with the Redskins have just been having some turmoil. has been a lot in Washington. But basically, Scott McClellan, he was recently fired as general manager. He's had back-and-forth problems um, with alcohol. This dates back to um, in 2010 when he was with the 49ers and 2014 when he was with the Seattle Seahawks. So basically, people were wondering why he wasn't at the recent um, NFL Combine because he was on basically a probation timeout period. Um, and so with the firing of, of him, it kind of is at the awkward period because right before the NFL draft, and we just finished uh, NFL free agency. But, so the Redskins are kind of turmoil. Bruce Allen, uh, the team's president, is going to be taking over for uh, Scott McCollin until a new GM is found. But, of course, right now it's kind of a hard time to find a GM when we just started the new league year. So I would like to hear your guys' thoughts on what's going on in Washington. Why all these problems?
2: I mean, that's your team. That's your area. That's the DMV. I mean, you guys are in <laughs> turmoil. Like, like, get together, Chelsea
0: please. And fast.
1: <laughs> okay. Turmoil. Right.
0: I mean, obviously, I think he needs to go get some help. He's had this issue with alcohol for a while now. I, I understand right. the team's point of view on it, where they had to kind of, like, separate themselves from it. But I also feel as though it's their obligation to try to get him some help. Um, They can't just get rid of him and just let him. Fail for himself because clearly him being in charge of himself hasn't been working properly. So they definitely need to make sure they help him out, get him some counseling, or do whatever, put him in rehab, whatever right. he needs to do, not All just right. kick him out on the streets.
1: And I will say in Washington, I mean, there's mixed feelings about it. Of course, some people like him. He was the one that actually uh, wanted uh, Dan Snyder to bench RG3 and uh, have Kirk Cousins start ahead of him uh, back in uh, when he was a third year backup. And then he also, of course, his first year with the Redskins, the Redskins won the NFC East Championship title. So he has done some good stuff in Washington. But, of course, alcoholism is something serious. And we, I mean, I think the best thing for him is obviously to get the help he needs. But now I, I just really don't know what the rest of us are going to do for the GM situation because it's a really tough time to find a GM. Also, I'll say this quick note. Uh, since he kind of broke contract with that, um, it kind of breaks his salary cut too So he won't be getting the rest um, of his salary And the bonuses and postseason stuff That comes with the contract So he's just really kind of stuck in a, a rock and a hard place Definitely a rock and a hard place Bad time Alright, let's, let's move on to the uh,
0: crowd noise Fan interaction uh, We got asked this question earlier in the week uh, Jordan Jordan Cameron recently retired You know, Early pretty much due to his concussions He had about uh, four concussions in six seasons He was a tight end for the Cleveland Browns And the Miami Dolphins uh, He stated to ESPN He doesn't think a lot of guys Love football, to be honest. He says a lot of them, you know, play for other reasons, and every guy has their own reason. So, how do you guys feel about that opinion?
1: So, I think, I think he said it wrong. I don't think, I think you have to love football to keep going out to it and doing it every single day. And of course, you love all aspects of it. You love the fame that you get with it. You love the money that you get with it. Um, but I think he's saying they don't love this, the hard work and stuff maybe sometimes. Cause it gets, it's a lot. It's a lot to be a football player, and it takes a lot of time, effort, energy. But I think they all love football Sundays or if you get those special Monday night or Thursday night football games. So I think he's saying they don't love all the extra stuff that goes with it. But you guys know I grew up in the DMV area. I grew up loving football. I grew up under the words of Ray Lewis, and I think Ray Lewis is one of those people that actually do love football. So I don't think he's all football players. Uh, don't love the game because if you anybody that knows Ray Lewis knows he loves the game. He put everything out on it. If he if he could, he would still be playing uh, right now.
2: I just feel like man, like uh, football is a sport. Like man, you can't just try it. Like you have to love it with all you got because at any moment mm-hmm. it can be over. You know, so I just feel like you have to love the game to play the game, especially at, at a pro level. Because you know, like getting hit with one concussion is one thing, but to have it several times, man, it's 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 a different feeling. And, I, and I've heard. People tell me that it's it's nothing like you you can ever compare. Like, so I feel like to, to keep on going with it, you got to have the strength and, and the determination and the desire to do it. Because not everybody's
0: built to play this game. I think I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of with him on this. I feel like a lot of people, a lot of players, don't necessarily love the football, love football, but they love the what comes with it. They love the lifestyle associated with being a football player, or a football star. Like they may have loved it back in high school, college, but maybe once they get to the to the NFL, they start getting that money. They, they more so are playing for the lifestyle. Not every player, of course. Like you notice, there's a lot of players that make it to the league. They they get all this money and then, or they they re sign a new contract and then they fall all the way off. Like because they got the money, now they don't have that desire or that, that 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 push to get them to the next level or to keep them getting better. So I don't know. I kind of I can see where he's saying where he's, where he's coming from with this. As far as most people don't love it anymore, they kind of grow out of it. They just want to be. They're addicted to their lifestyle that it comes with it.
1: No, I I mean I can agree with that point of it. But again, I think you do have to have some type of love for to go out each and every day, do all those bench presses and everything else that goes into it. Because being a football player, you now it's a year-round job and playing in front of the thousands of people and all that type of stuff. And if you wanted to quit, I mean, you could quite simply quit. I think the only bad, you know, the negative sides of it, of course, is stuff that fans don't get to see. Um, and then they're always under this pressure and this light, you know, to kind of live these perfect lifestyles because everything they do is judged. But I, I think he said it wrong again. I think there has to be some type of love somewhere in you to keep playing. You know, one of the most violent contact sports uh, that we have.
2: James, you got anything else you want to chime in on? Nah, bro, that's that's it for me. On that note, like it, it's just strength and determination, man, to keep on going to play a sport that you love.
1: Exactly.
0: All right, so we pretty much we got through all the topics today for today's episode. Anybody want to seconds piggyback on anything else? <laughs> it's <laughs> gonna Maryland. be a, it's one at time. me and
1: win it all. Bring it back to College Park. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say? Excuse me, Kelsey. Could you repeat that? I-, I want I want the championship trophy back in College Park. So I would love that if it if it happens. I will be there celebrating.
2: Len <laughs> Lynn, Bi- Lynn Bias died a long time ago, Chels.
1: <laughs> you forgot? Uh, we, we had the great Juan Dixon lead us to a championship. Oh yeah, Juan,
2: Juan, back in Juan the Dixon early. retired retired <laughs> from basketball. A long time ago, what? What? Seventeen
1: years ago? All right. So you hated on Melo Tremble, but it's okay because the young Terps team, they they're gonna make the, they're gonna make some noise.
2: I mean, I mean, I, I think he's a great their player. Their
1: actions will speak louder than my words.
2: I, I think he's a great player, but he has the name Mellow in his name, so I don't know.
1: For <laughs> you guys, start fighting. is completely silent.
0: It was a matter of time. I I knew we couldn't get off without one. He took one earlier with Phil Jackson, so I know that, that was a little subtle one. You know, Great, but anyway, we also just to make a quick announcement, we are looking for an intern to help us out with the uh, marketing, social media aspect of the show. Uh, if you want, are you interested in it? You can go on our Facebook page and fill out the application, or go to the application page, or you can just email us directly at of crowd sportscast at gmail dot com. Make sure you also check us out you on our social media. Yeah, what she said. Um, make sure you check us out <laughs> on social media. Twitter, IG, Facebook, Three the Crowd Sports. I'm the other Ray J. We've got the real K.A. Nelson and Hippington. That's all for our show today. Thank you for tuning in. Check us out on iTunes as well. Subscribe, like, comment, all that good stuff. And we'll see you next week. Peace.
1: Good show. Bye. RIP to the competition. Step up, step coming through.